churros, butterbeer, funnel cake, boysenberry. There's no food like theme park food. Eat the Magic is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karens want him, Chaz wants to be him, no bothers given. Tune into our show, Eat the Magic, on YouTube. See our thirst for Dole Whip on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you. Welcome to episode 305 of No Borders, No Race. I am your king, baby duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. So, I've been on a tear as of late when it comes to the Boston concert scene. In fact, it feels like I'm making up for all of the shows I didn't go to in 2020 due to the pandemic. The Wicked Anime crew and I went to see Sabaton at the MGM Music Hall, which is an awesome venue for a power metal show. 5,000 people strong for a historian metal gig, which probably means that the MGM Music Hall will be the place for all future Sabaton gigs until they graduate to arenas. Then there was Titus Andronicus at the Crystal Ballroom, and Patrick Stickles and company always puts on a fun show. They even brought a great opening act that I'm going to talk about a bit later on in today's program. And then... There was Bandmade at the Paradise. First and foremost, while I do love the Paradise and I've seen a lot of great shows there, I think that place was just a little too small for Bandmade. They definitely should have played at either Big Night Live or even House of Blues. Second, why did no one tell me that they're actually hilarious in between songs? I know that they have this May Cafe style when it comes to their outfits, but I do not expect them to pull out all of the magic words and doing comedic bits during breaks. Bandmade were hugely entertaining, and I'll even go so far as to say that they put on probably a better Japanese rock and metal show than Baby Metal does. Honestly, they might be my pick for Best Concert 2022, and that even includes Rammstein in the mix. But the year's not over yet. As of this recording, I still have Rina Sawayama to go see at Roadrunner, whose album Hold the Girl is easily the best pop album of 2022. And I've heard great things about her show. There are also the concerts at this year's Anime NYC, so we'll definitely have to see what kind of energy those bring. But let's not talk about what has happened and what will be happening. Let's focus on the now. And the now is this very podcast. On today's episode of No Borders No Race, a classic manga gets a new anime, while a short-run manga gets a surprise adaptation on Netflix. Plus, on this week's A Bastard Soapbox, we talk about a rapper who has unfortunately become the quote-unquote motherfucking monster he claims to be. So, 
Let's get today's playlist going. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. We're beginning things with Sumire Uesaka, who I'm actually going to mention again in just a moment in one of our other segments. She's got a new album out called Anthology and Destiny, and from it is Heartlock Girl. Oh, so more 
And together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern.
2007's Dead Rock album. And odds are it wasn't written about the main female lead in the show I'm about to talk about, but it could fit. I'm just saying. Every genre of anime and manga has its origins. We can credit Gonagai for the creation of hardcore anime thanks to Devilman, as well as the magical girl genre via Cutie Honey. For a slapstick wackiness, Fuchiko Akatsuka's Osamatsu-kun is probably the best place to look at those beginnings. But what of the whole nerdy guy meets cute girl genre that overpopulates anime and manga rom-coms? Well, for that, you can thank Rumiko Takahashi and her 1978 series, Urusei Yatsura. Not only did Urusei Yatsura launch Takahashi's career, but it also spawned many imitators in the like. You honestly cannot have shows like Tenshi Muyo, Love Hina, We Never Learn, Fly Me to the Moon, or even Komi Can't Communicate without the creation of Ataru Moroboshi and the Oni Alien Girl Lum. Urusei Yatsura was a cultural phenomenon, inspiring many anime, films, and games, as well as launching the career of the iconic director Momoro Oshii, who you will all know went on to do Ghost in the Shell. You eliminate this one manga from the medium's history, and you might as well erase the last 44 years of manga and anime that was created from its influence. And 41 years to the date of its 1981 anime premiere, a new version of Urusei Yatsura has arrived from David Production, who have already made a name for animating another iconic manga series, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And we all know Jojo is a fantastic adaptation. But how are they handling this classic series? Does it contain the same magic as the original one? Well, this is where I'll say that my knowledge of the original anime isn't strong. As of this recording, it's very hard to watch the 1981 version, which makes it harder to watch the films that are all out on Crunchyroll. It's like having only the Sailor Moon movies without a place to watch the 1992 anime, because we all know that Sailor Moon Crystal is not a good adaptation at all, no siree. But I've seen some clips of the original Urusei Yatsura anime. And from what I watched, Urusei Yatsura is a very fast-paced show, with its humor going from one joke and gag to the next. When it comes to the 2022 version, it's very much the same, but even a little faster. Since David Productions only planning to do 46 episodes and the original was 194, there are more punches thrown in a short while here. You're laughing at one joke, and then you're not given the chance to recover long enough for the next one. You sometimes have to pause the show or even rewind it because you missed a gag. Its pacing brings to mind the brilliant Belgian stop-motion cartoon A Town Called Panic, which threw everything in the kitchen sink at its audience when it came to huge laughs and visual jokes. That's not to say that this version of Urusei Yatsura is an exhausting watch. Practically every second of this show is hugely entertaining. From Atoru's perverted mannerisms to the way Lum and Shinobu punish him for his stupidity, every moment of this show is made with the sole purpose of making its viewers laugh. And while these are all jokes and gags that have been seen in other current anime, the fact that this was the series that invented them in the first place acts as a sort of historical relic in the art form. 
There's also the fact that they did not modernize Urusei Yatsura for 2022. This is a show that's keeping to its late 70s, early 80s era. The cars are older models, people are calling on landlines, and there's nary a single computer, laptop, tablet, or smartphone to be found in its vicinity. The most technologically advanced thing in this show is a pocket calculator. Again, a great way to show newcomers to Takahashi's series how things were done back in the 80s. I feel old all of a sudden. Anyways, the cast of this new show is great, with Sumire Uisaka being both cute and threatening as Lum, and you couldn't pick a better nerdy and pervy voice than Hiroshi Kamiya as Ataru. When they first announced these two about a year ago, I knew they'd have great chemistry. It's also funny knowing that the original voices of Ataru and Lum, Toshio Furukawa and Fumihirano, are playing their respective parents. It's a great way to bring the original and new series together full circle. Thus far, I'm really enjoying my time watching this new Urusei Yatsura, and I hope you are as well. If you are not watching it, you can catch it on High Dive. As remakes go, I can definitely put this version of Urusei Yatsura in the same camp as the newer versions of Magical Circle Guru Guru and maybe even Mr. Osamatsu, even though the latter is more of a sequel than a remake. But if you're craving classic rom com anime, then you cannot go wrong with Urusei Yatsura. Now, I mentioned I went and saw Titus and Jonicus in the beginning, and opening for them was a fantastic rock group from Nashville, Tennessee. They're called Country Westerns. Know that in the beginning. According to their Fat Possum Records page, they have a new album coming out very, very soon. And if it's anything like their 2020 debut album, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And speaking of said debut, here's a song from that self titled record. Here are Country Westerns with It's All Me. Heaven can wait, but I can't carry the flow.
It's the Mike Rogers Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, a year and special. And I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgold. And you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese. Uh, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow, maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show, yes, tune in. We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool, and you can hear more good songs just like this.
Official Hige Dandism with Anarchy a Beast start from this year's Mixed Nuts single. You can hear Official Hige Dandism's latest song, Silent, as the theme for Fuji TV's Thursday Theater. You know, provided that you live in Japan, that is. This past Friday on the Boston Bash Brigade site, I had posted my review of Wataru Morose's anti shoujo comedy, Romantic Killer. To those who have read it, I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on it. But the funny thing about this review is that while I was writing it, I was trying to picture in my head how it could translate as an anime. However, I had saw that it had already completed its run two years ago, so any hopes of an anime version were quickly dashed. This was all taking place, by the way, on Wednesday, October 26th. Cut to me less than 24 hours later. I am getting ready to sit down for lunch while watching the latest episodes of Akiba Maid War and Urase Yetsura. Suddenly, my phone goes off with a Netflix notification. The notification was for a new release Romantic Killer. And I'm looking at my phone going, No way. No fucking way. This is. Too much of a coincidence. I'm going to click on this notification and it's going to take me to some shitty horror movie with rom com elements to it because, of course, Netflix would make a film like that. So I click the notification. And staring back at me is a picture of Anzu and Riri, the two main characters of the very manga I had just written about. The one I gave up on any chance of an anime version because the series had already ended. But there it was a romantic killer anime, starring Rie Takahashi as Anzu and Mikako Kamatsu as the troublesome fairy Riri. Naturally, I binged the entire series in a single weekend. If you don't know the premise of Romantic Killer, then pause this podcast and go read my review of the manga's first volume. What I will tell you here is how well the anime captures the original manga's style and attitude. And believe me when I tell you that this adaptation slaps! Not only does it bring the look of Romantic Killer to life very well, but how everyone sounds is exactly what I pictured in my head while reading it. So let's start with the visual aspect. The studio who produced this goes by the name Domerica. I know them for the work that they did on the adaptation for The World Ends With You, which was not great. The animation was very stiff, which caused the exciting parts of the video game to be, um, bad? Yeah, bad. Not a good adaptation at all. However, Domerica's adaptation of Romantic Killer is light years better. While there are a couple of areas where the motion's a little stiff, They make up for it via the great facial expressions and comedic slapstick. Anzu reacting to the cockroach and her rushing to get ready for school before her run in with love candidate Hijili demonstrated the strength of its animation. Also, whoever decided to animate the Otome game in some of the crappiest Dreamcast era CGI deserves a reward, as it really boosted the comedy of those scenes. For the voice of Anzu, Rie Takahashi was 
simply perfect. I've never heard her pull off so many different kinds of voices for her hilarious facial expressions, to the point where I don't think she repeated a single comedic gag. Mikako Kamatsu was also pitch perfect as Riri, be it in their fairy or human form. Her end theme also might be the funniest Anna song of 2022. The male interests, Yuichiro Umihara as Tsukasa, Gokuto Kajiwaru as Junta, and Natsuki Hanae as Hijiri, all did phenomenal jobs in their roles as they captured their personalities terrifically. As for the entire story of Romantic Killer, I was pleasantly surprised. The show is first and foremost a comedy, but there are some great drama elements regarding both Tsukasa and Junta's pasts. It even gets dark towards the end, with certain characters showcasing elements of trauma in a surprisingly real way. The element of having people not helping someone who is greatly in need of it is also spotlighted in a good fashion, with Anzu being the person who finally gives a certain character the hope to move forward in life. I know that the fall 2022 anime season is packed, but do yourself a favor and squeeze Romantic Killer into your watch list. In fact, after this show is over, go onto Netflix and start watching it. I can't say how the English dub is, as I only watched it in Japanese, but Romantic Killer is easily one of the best-written reverse harem rom-coms since Auron High School Host Club. But I have a question, Netflix. The manga's over, so why end it with a to-be-continued? It's kind of a dick move to slap that to the end, knowing full well that you've adapted the entire series already. Are you telling us something that we don't know yet? Has Wataru Morase already started working on a continuation without our knowledge? I mean, don't shove a cardboard cutout of a carrot in our faces and claim that it's the real thing. Basically what I'm saying is, don't say that there's going to be more, or maybe more, when you know for the fact that there isn't more. But in any case, watch Romantic Killer. You will not be disappointed. Very funny show and easily one of the best romantic comedies of 2022. Here's a little fun to keep your spirits up from this year's Cypher album, This Is Nameless Color.
Hi, everybody. This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically, what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them... Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. It's the question of a lifetime Trying to find the right words But what if they don't care? Never mind Dealt with it myself Hiding in the bathroom Wearing long sleeve shirts Scared of what I might do Never mind
remix of her song NVM, or Nevermind. Faith Marie will be releasing a new EP in 2023 entitled More Than I Am, with a single from that release due out by the end of this year. Here's a heaping bowl of chatter in music form, it's the Beantown Sampler. Formed in 2019, the Boston-based villain of the war started making some headway with some do-it-yourself gigs in 2019. Unfortunately, the pandemic stopped all that, so villain of the war instead started focusing on making music. This year, their debut EP, Damn That's Crazy, was released, and the band got back to playing live shows again. In June, the band released a new double A-side single, and this is one of the songs from it. Here are Villain of the War with Pink and Green. Freedom. Knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. All I think about is you and everything you do. 
Like that, like good that. girls like you, it's really priceless. Yeah. But I know you get swayed by the flashing lights and the action. Fashions, Chris Van Ashes, Captain, I know the mega night. Cactus, Nano, I keep me what men of mine. Best I keep no lifestyle. Party nights, how can I get down? Get more cheap style tight now. Why? Accompanied by Dondria, that was Teriyaki Boys with Sweet Girl. Teriyaki Boys recently reunited for a show at 88 Rising in August, as well as unleashed a new single entitled More Tonight. Hopefully, this will mean a new album will be coming from the Japanese rap supergroup in the near future. You know, because it's been, what, since 2009, since Serious Japanese dropped? Anyway, 
right now, I do need to take a moment to be serious as I dive into this week's A Bastard Soapbox. You know, I can imagine that it's very exhausting to be a fan of Kanye West. Well, that's to say if he even has fans anymore. Me personally, I used to listen to him a lot in college, and I admired him for working with Japanese rappers to give them a push. But wow, this guy's brain has just flown the coop. The fact that I used to admire what Kanye did to the music scene, or rather, for the music scene, makes me ache in places that should be a place for comfort. Watching this guy go from being a musical and fashion influence to a walking, talking train wreck is just... sad. Perhaps the signs were there all the time, but... We used to shrug it off, saying it was maybe his bipolar disorder causing him to say the stuff and do the stuff that he did. But here's the thing. Being bipolar doesn't make you start spouting out hatred towards a group of people that are already dealing with hate crimes left and right. Being bipolar doesn't make you push aside a human rights campaign and side with literal Nazis and white supremacists. Being bipolar doesn't make you want to force people to watch porn during an important business meeting. Being an asshole piece of shit causes you to do these sorts of things. Not mental illnesses. And right now, Kanye is feeling the consequences of his actions. Companies are dropping him. Concert promoters are getting rid of him. Social media is blocking his posts. And so much more. But the question right now is whether or not these folks should start severing their ties earlier. I mean, I'm not the biggest Pete Davidson fan, but when Kanye started threatening murder to him for dating his ex, maybe that's when the likes of Adidas and Gap should have just started dropping him like a deuce in a toilet. Like said deuce, sometimes you stay flushed. But in a world right now where people are spewing so much shit all over the internet, I fear that Kanye will find a way to get himself clogged before the proverbial plunger comes around and sucks him out. He should be at the point right now where all of his chances have been lost. But knowing there are plenty of like-minded people he shares in common with, we know he's going to find a way back. Mind you, he's not going to have the same audience as he did before. The people who will support Kanye will be the same folks who stand behind the Trumps and Alex Joneses of the world. In layman's terms, scumbags are going to hang with scumbags. And the only way to stop scumbags is to get rid of their megaphone. But it doesn't help when another scumbag buys the biggest megaphone for $44 billion after saying that he could have solved world hunger with $6 billion. But I feel like that's a soapbox for another time. Honestly... 
It's getting really exhausting dealing with these kinds of stories. It's high time someone puts a cork into Kanye's mouth and makes sure it stays put. All of these pieces of shit deserve to have their mouths shut for the greater good. It makes you wonder if someone can be forced to be banned from using the internet. Because if such a punishment exists, then we already know who to start dishing them out to. And once they've been silenced, perhaps the internet can go back to what it was supposed to be for. Connecting the world in order to achieve greater things. And cat pics. Can't forget those. And from there, I think I'll step off of my soapbox, kind of keep it short for this segment. Remember, these are the opinions of myself and not of those within the Black Compact community. But I feel like we all need to be reminded of common sense and what it means to be a decent human being. And I hope you listeners are more about being decent. Because if you have scummy thoughts and opinions, the kind of which gets you banned from Twitter and just ostracized from humanity as a whole, then I honestly don't want you to be listening to my show. Anyways, back to the playlist. Here's a wild and dark trip from Chicago's The Bellwether Syndicate, who have a new album coming out in spring of 2023. This is a little hint of what's to come in the form of Dystopian Mirror. Your time, your time. 
Star Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. <laughs> from their 2010 album that was Sushi Mamule with Sex on the Beach. Last week saw the release of a new live CD entitled Live in Germany, which was recorded at Dusseling and Rüsselsheim. Soして <laughs> 今皆さん今週の日本語予約の時間です。さあ行こうぜ。Takahashi Rumiko no Urese Yatsura ga Shinsaku Anamete Kaete Kimas. Gensaku Manga no Seishin o Torae Suberashi Yumoa no Sensu no Afrete Mas. Tadashi Tempo no Hayai Comedy ni Narete Nai Hito Nito Tewa Kono Atarashi Baja no Urese Yatsura o Sugu ni Likaisuru 
アニメーションは漫画の奇抜さをうまく捉えています。すでにたくさんのアニメに満ち溢れているシーズンかもしれませんが、ロマンチックキラーは2022年秋のアニメの中の最高の驚き作品の一つです。最後に、カニエ・ウェストはただ立ち去るべきです。立ち去る時には他の多くの嘆かわしい人々を一緒に連れていくべきです。世の中にダメージを与えたいだけの人の発言へ注目しないようにすれば社会を再び改善し始めることができるのではないでしょうか。My thanks again to Mikio Hattore Sensei of the Cultural Exchange Initiative for helping to translate this part for me. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on the CEI, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. Up next, we have Nekritaki, who got some notoriety here thanks to their theme song to the anime Girlfriend Girlfriend. Seeing as that's getting a second season, I'm hoping the band comes back to contribute another song. From this year's mini album Memories 2, this is Kowarenu Hataga Hoshinoda.
presenting a bold new adventure into Lovecraftian horror and black comedy. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Sold to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase. Get anything good? Contents of automobile trunk, back seat, and glove box unsorted. Mmm, riveting. But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards. That box you bought? Burn it if you know what's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault. Just like he's gonna kill you. To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered, Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Cubbenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the goods are Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm gonna just be upstairs cleaning my gun. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? <laughs> Oswald Sinclair, Hobo King. That's that, not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham, after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you are brought me back. Brought you back from what? This is not our world. This is not our world at all. When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's t- t- too long to explain. We got to get to get to the hospital. I'll tell you what right now. We, we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I suspect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. I... The air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover the terrible secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com. That is what we do. That's easy to say. I'd like to hear you say you panic is what we do. Say, can I not feel they did okay? Can't change the system from within It ends up changing
some good You'll do 25 years in a cubicle Wishing that you Find it cause what we do Is that easy to say Then let's hear you say Cloth, the World Infernal Friendship Society with canonized Philip K. Dick, okay? From the album The Anarchy and the Ecstasy. This year's Hollow Mass event saw a plethora of tributes to the frontman who sadly passed away last year. May Hollow Mass go on forever and the name Jack Terrycloth be immortalized. Incidentally, it is Halloween evening while I am recording this episode, so. I hope the Great Pumpkin shows up for me. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Basher Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. Like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bastard Brigade and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. 
promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Faith Marie and the Bellwether Syndicate made possible by Shameless Promotion PR. And a very special thank you to Siki for their contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. A shout out to Country Westerns for letting us play something off of their 2020 debut record. Remember, new album coming soon, so please stay tuned. We are a couple of weeks away from Anime NYC, and I am very excited to see what will be in store at the Javits Center. This will be the last episode of No Borders and Race before the con, so be sure to keep your eyes peeled for articles, reviews, and maybe some interviews with the guests at this year's event. After that, it'll be probably one more regular show before we start diving into the best of 2022. We're going to end things with some Otaboki Beaver who just completed their U.S. tour. If you missed out on them, don't worry. They'll be back for some more American shows this February. From this year's Super Champon, this is First Class Side Guy. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps. This is your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo, from the Electric Sisterhood, and your host for the No Borders, No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. 
the more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.